What's up, guys? CB here for a Thanksgiving edition of the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. A very happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys, our listeners, our friends, our fans out there. We've got a great show for you tonight. we got some holiday specials coming up in the show. I talk about my trip to Greenwood, Indiana, the Sportsman's Warehouse, and of course, our buddy Mark and Pam Pizer at Trickstep. Um, we got Christine Fisher, Midwest Fisher gal, is going to join us tonight, talk about her kayak win in the Hobie Tournament of Champions. We got Strike King Lure Company, Lose Rods and Reels, uh, pro staff guy and good friend Mark Copley is going to join the show, talk a little old school versus new school, pro staff stuff. We got the This or That game, along with a few Turkey Day traditions. We'll talk bass rosters and so much more. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, it starts right now. Welcome to this week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by Ranger Boats. Still building legends one at a time. Now here's your host, Chris Brown. Welcome in, folks. This week's Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, brought to you by Ranger Boats, powered by Mercury Marine. Of course, Shock to Life by Rely On Lithium Batteries. Tailor-made lithium giving you the most power to help you make the most of your time on the water. Check them out, relyonbattery.com. Use code ANGLERSCHANNEL. Save you 10% off shipping as well, or free shipping and 10% off batteries or anything you buy on the site. But KG, you and I talk about this each week, and this is one of your favorite things, I, I, I know. But... Our friends at Pro Charging Systems, dualpro.com, make the absolute best chargers in the business, don't they? Well, you know, I can't honestly sit here and tell you that I've used every battery charger made. But let me tell you something. If you want one that works, it works really well and give you more information than you've ever known about your batteries and battery charger before, it is the one to have. He's been practicing that. David, do you hear that? No, that's, you, that's how just, that rolled off his tongue. Well, <laughs> we are excited, and I say excited. We are excited because literally 30 minutes ago, I received a signed contract. PCS Dual Pro is back with us for 2022. And, and if you go to sportsmans.com, you can buy their equipment right there on the website. Be in, be in store soon. Sportsmans.com, you can buy them direct from them, or you can go to dualpro.com and buy them direct from PCS. But so excited. Josh called me this afternoon. I just sent a picture of my little my little uh my little trader setup I had going last weekend. And uh, he was impressed. David, don't laugh. You hadn't seen it yet. But uh he was impressed and um signed the contract. They're back with us for 2022. So stupid excited to welcome back th- welcome them back in. And See, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, like I told David, it's been a heck of a week and it's only Tuesday, right? Today's been a heck of a week. That's what it is. But, and they are giving away a Dual Pro RS3 battery charger in our 13 days of holiday extravaganza giveaways, right? And if you thought that was cool, David, let me just run through the lineup right now of what's coming up beginning December the 13th. You ready for it? 
I've got a few open. Working. Huh? Somebody has been working. <laughs> Screaming, dude. Screaming. Working. My hair's my hair's been on fire. I've been what I got left. I, I'm rolling. I don't know what they put in my back yesterday. But Jesus, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm screaming right now. So I got a few open holes, but our buddy Mark Pizer from Trickstep, you know, Trickstep. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeti got a new backpack. This one's pretty cool, too. This is a little different right here. You ready for it? Our friends at Big Bass Tour, right? Jonesy, KO, giving away two three-day entries into the tournament of your choice. So you and your partner, you get to come fish on us right you got to get there you got to catch them but they're giving away two three-day entries to determine your choice in 2022 so that's a cool little piece right costa got a box from costa today some untangled glasses some untangled there's a shirt and a hat some other untangled gear in there pretty cool our friends at hennessy outdoors over in dayton tennessee who rigged my boat right they're giving away a hennessy outdoor console or bow mount of your choice one or the other right? Big, big deal. Get one of those X-Zone big prize pack from them. The Dual Pro RS3 battery charger. I talked about giving away that. The uh, UA Fish, you got a big prize pack coming from them. Rely on. We got five winners. On on Christmas Eve, we'll have five winners for some cool Rely on packs. Okay? Pretty cool little deal there. And then the ultimate, the grand finale. You ready for it? A $250 Sportsman's Warehouse gift card on Christmas Day. You could be the winner of a $250 Sportsman's Warehouse gift card on Christmas freaking day, David. Not you or UKG. Somebody's going to get it. Merry freaking Christmas, right? Holy crap. 13 days of holiday extravaganza. Well, you got more coming. There's more stuff on this list, right? I talked to a couple other companies today. They're putting together some stuff, going to get it back to us. I got three empty holes right now in our 13 days. If that gets filled up and there's more to come, you got to double up a day. I mean, it's just going to be, and I know you're asking me, David, CB, how's this going to work? I don't know yet. I have not yet figured out details, but it's going to be pretty damn cool. The more you play, the more more chances you have to win, right? So, but I'm working on that. And we'll get that figured out. Um, That's a whole, I've got, I got too much other stuff going on to get that figured out. I'm just happy to have, what, 10 of the 13 days lined out already. So, be on the lookout for that. A lot of stuff coming. Very, very cool deal. Um, crazy ass show. Excuse me. Crazy ass show tonight. Uh, for the simple reason being, my list is two miles long, and I ain't got enough. I ain't got two miles for the time to talk about it. But um, I did go up last week to um, Greenwood, Indiana, Sportsman Warehouse store, grand opening up there. Very, very cool store. A uh, lot of great stuff. If you're looking for ammo. Drive to Indiana. They got it. My God, they got the ammo. So, like, a buddy of mine called me, one of the guys that works with Laura, he called, and he's like, hey, do they have this, this, and this? And I said, yeah. He goes, how much can you buy? And I said, how much money you got? And so, uh, I bought him ammo, but tons of fishing gear, um, all kinds of cool stuff. I saw a bunch of Under Armour stuff in there, uh, Strike King Lose. I mean, crap, you name it. I mean, it was, it was all there. So, great store. If you're in the Greenwood, Indiana area, just south of Indy, Check that out. But then I drove. And, and yeah. wh- while you're on that, yeah. you know, something unique about Sportsman's is they kind of tailor their local stores based on what's going on locally. Yes, they do. They have a ton of stuff, but where all the other guys, just it's kind of a generic, every store is the same. 
they have local guys that are specialists and and kind of tailor their stores. Well, so I'm sure you you probably got a little a little taste of what goes on there locally. I did, and you'll also find colors in there that are more specific to your area versus right. just the generic stuff you'd find in Florida, Ohio. Texas or anywhere else, you'll find stuff that's more beneficial to your area. They do work with local guys uh, pretty hot and heavy to make sure they're getting getting the right stuff in those stores. And uh, Terry Peterson, the buyer, fishing buyer for sports, is a good, good friend of ours. And he leans on us, leans on us all the time uh, looking for ideas and things that uh, for different stores. But they have a lot of local brands uh, as well in the stores. I saw some soft plastics I've never seen before. They're made locally there in Indiana. And Kentucky, so uh, pretty uh, pretty cool store. Uh, we're also going to be heading down in December. There's a store in Lady Lake, Florida. It's already open, a new store for sportsmen. So we're going to go down and meet Brian Thrift on Monday the 13th. You did not hear that here, but if you happen to be in the store Monday the 13th, Brian Thrift will be there if you're in Lady Lake, Florida. He'll be there for part of the day. We'll be doing some filming. I'm sure signing autographs and whatever else is going on, but uh, you can uh, th- that'll be happening then. But... I went about 30 minutes northwest of Indy, or actually west of Indy, northwest of Greenwood, uh, west of Indy, and I got to go see our friends Mark and Pam Pizer at Trickstep. And I can't say enough about these two because they're just incredible people, one, but they make a heck of a product in Trickstep. And if you own a boat and don't have a Trickstep, then you need to go buy one or hope to God you win the one we're going to give away in December. Because I know, Kenneth, for you and for me, and I don't say it because they're a partner and a friend of ours. I say it because the product's that freaking good. Um, I'll well, never we, own we another boat without the product it. before they became. Oh, absolutely. A partner. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't. I'll, it's, like, it's like my ARE truck cap, right? I'll never own a truck without one. I'll never own a boat, no matter the make, model, or brand, without a trick step on it. To the point where. I'm getting ready to send him to mentions. He's going to build me one. Um, I'm going to pay for it. He's going to build me one for my Mastercraft, my 2008 Mastercraft. He doesn't. That's not a bass boat, but he can build them right. with right with the right dimensions, right? So, walk through their shop. Got six guys that work for them, and they do everything made in the USA. The raw steel comes in. They cut it right there. They they have the jigs. They do all the welding there. And I mean, just piece by piece, the process they do and the price that you pay for one, after you see it, you'd pay double. I mean, you really would. I mean, because- Don't, don't give them any ideas. Well, I'm trying not to. But um, I mean, you, you look at it though, and what they put into this thing, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And they have a, um, they've got a sale going on this week too, where this, uh, I think this week, yeah, they've got a sale going on. Uh, go to trickstep.com and you can see what their holiday deal is going on. I think it's 10% off the entire site, um, all their uh, all their steps, but um, which will save you some money on a phenomenal price. If you want to surprise your husband or your father-in-law or your dad, or even if you just say, hey, baby, I'm, I'm going to buy my Christmas present for me this year and just go buy you a trickstep, um, go to trickstep.com. You can type in what kind of boat you have. They've got one that fits it. If they don't have it, they'll make it, by God. But I got a little trivia question for you. Go ahead, Kenneth. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say, look, this isn't a guy that just picked up in his garage and said, I'll just throw some steps together and make this this work. What? And, you you know, you've, you've seen him in person now sure. multiple times. You know him as a person. You kind of understand what he puts into his business. Well, what's funny is, is we walk through the business, right? And you would think it was a, you know, you're going to some big shop. And really what it is, is 
it's kind of like these little storage buildings of garages, like small companies buy. They do some manufacturing stuff, and they're in they're outside of Indy. They're in Race Central right there for drag racing and stuff. And so we're walking around the shop, and it's four of these little buildings, or four of these, I guess, garages, stalls that are part of this complex, and they've cut the wall out in between each of them so they can go back and forth. And the ceiling is just tall enough for a forklift to come in and put steel on a rack. I mean, literally. And uh, they fabricate everything. I mean, everything is done right there in the shop, and it's really cool. We're walking through the shop, though, excuse me, and we get to the back of the shop, and there's, I don't know, David, seven or eight NHRA trophies. You know, what's the name of the trophy? Is it the, the, I don't know what they call it, I forget, but it's the trophy they give to the winner after a pro stock event, right? An NHRA event. You know, the winner is the guy holding the helmet and the tire and all that. It's that trophy, right? And so he he gives me the spill of the shop, and then he stops. And I said, okay, I got to know, Mark. What's with the trophies? <clears throat> and he goes, ah, my buddy Antron brought those by a couple weeks ago, and I just put them up there and get them out of the way. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, Antron? Is that like Antron Brown? And he goes, yeah, you know him? I'm like, he's a pro stock bike driver, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be a crew chief. I'm like, I'm sorry? Well, rewind the truck. What? It's like I used to be his, used to be his crew chief. Now, I'm an old mechanic, right? I was a mechanic for years, way back in the day. Still tinker around a little bit here and there when something breaks. But here's the funny thing. Um, I was a big NASCAR guy, but I watched NHRA because it was amazing to me what you can do in a quarter mile in a pro stock dragster or a funny car or even a pro stock bike, right? And back in the late 90s, there was a lady that came on the scene in pro stock bike, and her name was Angel Savoie. It's Sampei now, I believe, but it was Savoie. And I remember because the first time I saw her run, her crew chief had to hold the fender, I think, to uh, keep her steady, you know, when she went to do her burnout because her little feet couldn't touch the ground because she was that short, right? Yeah, that's Mark Pizer. He was her crew chief, too, her first year out. So I'm like, dude, he goes, I built all her bikes. I built all Antron's bikes. I've done work for Don Schumacher. I've done this. I've done that. And he's throwing out names. And I'm like, crap, my head's going to explode, dude. And this guy's making a damn step for a boat. I'm like, how did this come about? And he goes, well, I had a buddy that became disabled. Loved to fish. So we've all fished for years. Um, had a buddy became disabled. And um, he said he could to sell his boat because he couldn't get in, get, could not get in and out of it. He said, well, bring it by the shop. Let me see what I can do. He built him a step. Well, then the local sheriff saw it. And he's like, dude, I'm going to need one of them steps. So he built one for him. And then he had a buddy that was uh, who had a ranger that was doing some BFLs and other stuff. And he told me, he said, hey, bring your new boat by. I want to build you a step and let's just see what it does. And I want to say, like, the first post the guy made about the step, Mark sold like 35 or something. I, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm close. There's a three and a five involved. I think it was 35. But he's like, it just took off. And when I tell you, like parts don't come in and they assemble them. There's a piece of square tube steel that rolls in the door that's like 12 feet long, 16 feet long. And they got a dude that cuts it, right? And he cuts it the length and the shape that it needs to be. Then it goes to the next guy and this guy TIG welds it. Then it goes to the, or he tacks it. This, it goes to the next guy. I think somebody makes the step plates for him, but they still got to weld those together. Every little piece is touched by a, American man's hands and probably Pam's too if I if I had to guess but I know Mark listens to this podcast while he's welding because he told me he did so I really got to clean it up for Mark now but I mean <laughs> it's just I mean it's, it's one of those deals where if I live close to Indy I'd go work for Mark 
Because he's just he's that cool of a guy. But all the guys in the shop, even the dude carrying a pistol on his hip, cool guys. I didn't mess with him. I let him be, right? He had a, he had a, a welder in one hand and a pistol on his hip. I'm like, dude, I ain't messing with you. I get it. He's like, you want to see my deer? I said, sure, I'd love to see your deer. Let me see it, right? Whatever you want to show me, I'll look at it. Right? Just don't just don't tase me or shoot me. But great guys, great family, right? I can't say enough about them. And I would be talking about this product even if they weren't a partner of ours because they're just that good of people. But uh, make sure you check out Trickstep. Make sure you talk to those guys. Get you a step for your boat. Wives, husbands, slice this show up and give it to your wife, right? Say, like, hey, this is what I want for Christmas. Send her, take her phone at night and just whisper Trickstep, 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 Trickstep into her phone. It'll pop up. I promise it will. Just Trickstep, Trickstep. It'll pop up on social media. Yeah, go ahead, David. Hit it. I was gonna say you could what even say you could buy it as a gift for her or for the other person and use it for yourself as well. You know that could be a good idea. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Hey, baby, I bought you something for the boat. Help you get in. And what's funny is, is you know, I've and KG, you've had this happen too. You're at a gas station. You're at a boat ramp. Somebody drives by. They looks at it. They're like, "What is that little thing?" I got to step in the boat. Ah, uh, I just use that fender. That's what that fender's for, right? And like, and we even tell like Kenny Kernow, our producer that does TV with us, David. We, it, we're even the point where it's like he'll go to step on the fender. We're like, no, use the step. And the first time he steps on it, he'll never step off of it ever again. He always use that step. It's a crap. My wife came home one day and saw it on me putting it on, on the boat. First one I got one a few years ago. She's like, what in the world? I said, it's a step. And she's like, for what? I said, to get in the boat. She's like, they think everything, don't they? I said, baby, she put one foot on it, and next thing you know, she's in a boat, and she's like, that's the slickest thing since sliced bread. I said, I told you. I told you. And if you're like me and KG, and you go by yourself a lot, well, I don't. KG does. I just don't go. But you go by yourself? Come on, Kenneth. Tell us. I mean, that's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, you're talking about just, you know, getting in the boat, whether, you know, you're sitting on the land, but when you're loading and unloading, and you've got the, your trailer backed in the water, it, you can put one foot on that step and the other foot on your trailer and easily unhook your boat without oh, worrying about falling in the water. It's so stupid. It's not even funny. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. And um, this was not a sponsor plug. This was not a a paid promotion of this of Trickstep. This is the fact that this is a damn good product made by damn good people in this damn awesome state, this country. And um, every bass boat needs one. So check them out, trickstep.com. Uh, I can't say enough. I spent two hours there with him and, and probably could have stayed four more. But uh, just just killer stuff. Great guy. And uh, make sure you're checking that out. Trivia question for you. In a three-step trick step, which most of us have on bass boats, okay? A three-step trick step. I want you to dial us in. Text us 256-535-3217. That's the Exxon hotline brought to you by trick step, ironically enough. How many feet of TIG weld are in a three-step trick step? A finished three-step trick step from beginning to end. How many feet of TIG weld? Don't answer it, David. How many feet are in a three-step trick step? How many feet of TIG weld are in a three-step trick step built by Mark Pizer and his guys at trickstep.com? I know the answer. KG knows the answer. David, you do if you read your text, but you, y'all can't play. But 256-535-3217, the Exxon Hotline brought to you by Trickstep. I want to know. There will be a prize. It won't be a Trickstep, but there will be a prize from Trickstep. Uh, yeah, there you go. From Trickstep. 
there will be a prize uh, for the first one that gets it right. How many feet of TIG weld, strongest weld there is, how many feet of TIG weld are in a three-step trick step? 256-535-3217. Crazy show for you guys tonight. Coming up, Midwest Fisher Gal. Miss Christine Fisher is about to join us here and talk about um, her Tournament of Champions wins. And then KG threw out a little social post last week, kind of screenshot it, sent it to us. Kind of went on. He didn't go on a little rant, but I could just tell he didn't like it. Right? Talk about pro well, stuff. I was kind of, I kind of threw it out there for your opinion. You did, and you knew I'd give it. So what do I do? I'm calling the guy I used to work with, Mark Copley, rather outdoors. He's going to join us because when I was at Strike King, I was old school and resumes and pro staff and he kind of went into the new school after i left because social got bigger and a lot of other stuff so we're going to do a little pro versus old uh type of deal and just quiz him a little bit on, on pro staff so mark copley was striking rather outdoors is going to join us and uh we're going to have a a big big time got a few more minutes for uh before christine jumps on the old zoom machine here um let's see what else we got going on the holiday deals of course i mentioned trick step earlier Zone. it's got 25 percent off tungsten and a bunch of other stuff you can find that post on our website anglerschannel.com you can learn more about that sportsman's got some deals going on this week for black friday costa up to 50% off across their website uh, on certain styles. So make sure you, uh, you're you checking those guys out. Uh, let's see. TH Marine, 20% off site-wide with the code TIDE. I don't know why they picked the code TIDE, but they picked the code TIDE. Site-wide, 20% off until 11.59 p.m. on the 25th. I say War Eagle, but we suck, so I don't really give a shit anymore. I really don't, right? I really don't. I'm just gonna, I just, I just talk about trick steps. All I'm gonna talk about. I forget that deal. Um, and our friends at uh, Hennessy Outdoors, who are giving us a bow or console mount for electronics, they've got 20% off of all of their HOE mounts um, coming up this week for Black Friday. So lots of Black Friday deals out there, lots going on. Um, David, what else? 33 days till Christmas, 39 until 2022 rolls in. And um, I talked about the 13 days of holiday extravaganza giveaways. I'm stupid psyched about that. Um, we've just got a lot going on, guys. I mean, just a lot. And I'm just talking way too much. So, David, how are you? Sorry, I hadn't even got that far yet. <laughs> I am doing as good as, as can be, I guess you could say, without getting into too many details. <laughs> did you have three big holes cut in your back this week? No, I didn't. You're, I, I then you're doing better than me. KG, how are you? I'm better than you. KG, how are you? I'm okay. It's Thanksgiving week, KG. Yes, it is. You have any any traditions that go on in the Grover household for Thanksgiving? No, we used to have to travel, but we don't have to do that anymore. So it's a lot easier to handle. Okay. Is the daughter home yet? She got home Saturday, but she and my wife left Sunday going to visit some of her family. Ah, okay. And they haven't, they're supposed to be back tonight. Hadn't quite made it home yet. <laughs> She's already sent me texts complaining about the traffic in Atlanta. And then I got texts complaining about traffic in Birmingham. Well, that's what you get for traveling through Atlanta and Birmingham this time of day. Uh, any, what's, give me, KG and David, you think about this real quick. We got three minutes for Christine's going to be on. Um, favorite food, KG. Favorite food you only get at Thanksgiving. Um, did I only get at Thanksgiving? Well, no, but favorite food. What are you um, looking most forward to 
coming up? Candy, candy yams, probably. Candied yams. Okay. All right. What about desserts? Your favorite dessert? Um, well, the, the, I'm kind of spoiled on this one because I get this pretty frequently, but I'm a, I'm a pound cake guy. Ooh. No icing. Oh, but no yeah, icing. I'm with don't, you on that. Don't ruin a pound cake with icing. Do you put, do but you my put, mother-in-law yeah. has pound cake dialed in, so, and she doesn't live too far from me, so I kind of get those throughout <laughs> the year. Okay. All right. I'm a big pound cake guy, big angel food cake guy, too, with a little whipped cream. That's about right, yeah. right there. Some strawberries. Uh, yeah. yeah, on occasion, on occasion. Yeah. I'm, you know me. I'm, I'm meat and taters. That's me. But uh, and sweets. All right, David. How about you? Any traditions for Thanksgiving? Uh, not necessarily traditions. Well, like, like uh, for our family, like my immediate family, not like my siblings and whatever, because we, uh, my family lives in town. But um, no, we just started doing more of our internal family on Thursdays. So we'll be doing that as a second year type of thing. Okay. Happened to work out last year at COVID, but um, to answer your second question, the only I don't know if you, I guess I guess you don't have to always food, have it not, during but, Thanksgiving. No, first question was first question was tradition. Second question huh? is food. Okay, yeah. so what's your favorite food? I was gonna say pumpkin pie. What about food? See, not dessert, but just food. Eh, That's it. Just like, pumpkin pie. Turkey, like you know, I don't mind turkey, but I don't. You know, it, it is what it is. I like you stuffing, just, but you know, I like for the pumpkin pie. You just grab the pie and sit down, don't you? That's all you do. <laughs> I can afford. You, you can. Have you seen the the Reese's pie for Thanksgiving? The three pound Reese's peanut butter cup pie. My wife's a big Reese's. And I understand that thing sold out in like three pounds. You had to be really quick. Oh, really quick. Now, my wife's a big Reese's fan, but we can't do the three pounder. We got to do like a little mini bites, right? You got to have the little ones. We can't do the big ones. But um, my mom does a spread every year that we're there. We go back and forth. So this year's my mom's, and my mom does a spread, which is crazy. Um, I, you know, I get it throughout the year too, uh, different things, probably, you know, but I mean, if mom's cooking it, by God, I'm going to eat it. It's just, it's pretty simple. Uh, black eyed peas, butter beans, turkey. I mean, the whole nine yards. Mama's going to do it right. And my grandmother um, probably still could if we if we helped her with it. But uh, she made a macaroni and cheese. She taught me how to make it. So my mom and I make it together. KG knows me. I'm a big mac and cheese guy. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it's stupid. I mean, mom and I make it and it's it's even stupider. So, uh, and then for desserts, um, sunshine. Mom makes a little deal called sunshine and that's not its real name, but when you scoop it out of the, 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 the pan and you go, it's like either butterscotch or chocolate. When you scoop it out in the square and you go to put it on the plate, it normally just like falls off, right? And so when it falls off, mom would always go, oh, sunshine, sorry. And that's just the way it landed, right? It looked like, there it is, sunshine. So, that's just always been a running joke. Sunshine it is. Uh, or she got an Oreo thing, too. It's pretty good. Basically, if mama's going to make it, by God, CB's going to eat it. So it's uh, a <laughs> pretty uh, pretty easy, easy deal there. So, well, Christine just popped up on the Zoom machine. We're take a quick little break. When we come back, Midwest Fisher gal, Christine Fisher, going to join us right here on the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. Man, I'm popped up. Jason, what would you say your biggest fear is when you're out fishing? Hmm, Chris, um, let me see, probably stranded out in the middle of the lake? That's right, you know, that's everybody's biggest fear, Jason, not being able to get back to the ramp, especially in time for weigh-in during tournaments. But one thing that's really made the biggest difference for me, and that's switching to lithium batteries, and not just any lithium batteries, but rely on lithium batteries. 
Oh, Chris, how do you like those? Jason, they're great. Let me tell you, they allow me to spend more time on the water and are essential when it comes to starting and running my boat. They give me short charge times and more usable capacity, so I don't have any late-day voltage sags. Plus, they're stupid lightweight compared to lead acid, and they're practically maintenance-free. Really allows me to focus on my fishing instead of worrying about getting back to the ramp. Okay, okay, you talked me into it. Where can I get some Relyon batteries? Jason, you can visit RelyonBattery.com slash Angler's Channel and use our special promo code Angler's Channel for 10% off your purchase. Did I mentioned they also offer fast and free shipping? You didn't, but even better. So, hey, what are you waiting for? Get hooked on Relyon Lithium today. With so many exclusive designs and processes, no other boat is built like Ranger. It's a dramatic difference that consistently raises the bar of excellence while delivering more features, more performance, and the best value. The Ranger Fisherman Series. From bow to stern, this is results-based engineering at its best. Still building legends, one at a time. At Mercury, there are no limits to the lengths we'll go to make sure you have no limits either. Unlimited adrenaline. Unlimited fun. Unlimited weekend. Except maybe having to go home eventually. Introducing the all-new V8 Mercury Pro XS. Light, quick, efficient. Mercury, go boldly. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast. We're brought to you by our friends at Pro Charging Systems. The future of marine charging is here. Find out more at dualpro.com or head over to Sportsman's Warehouse and get your chargers there. We just talked about them a little bit in the opening. Excited to welcome in our friend, well, I wanted to say Lincoln, Nebraska, but she's in Texas right now and building something in Tennessee, Miss Christine Fisher. How are you, darling? I'm doing very well, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being a part of the show tonight. I mean, we have seen your Instagram and your social media accounts and all this crazy stuff you do in a kayak that we won't do in a bass boat. And I mean, you <laughs> just, you flat taken over the kayak world by storm, haven't you? I, I don't know if I quite say that. Um, I, I've, I've done some neat things. I get lucky every now and then and I love to fish, so you know, I like to share those experiences with others. So I, I've done some, been fortunate enough to do a lot of really neat things from that platform. Sure, sure. So you're a, a Hobie kayak angler, uh, also a co-angler on the open side this year, I saw. Yeah, I, I want to dip my toes in. You know, obviously the last five years, um, fishing competitively out of a bass boat has always been in the back of my mind. Um, always been something that I've dreamed of doing and wanted to do. So I thought that this year I finally kind of took that step. And I thought that as a co-angler, it'd be a good way for me just to kind of learn how uh, the time management, just how the layout of those tournaments worked. Um, sure. And, you know, get to kind of understand that world a little bit better. So I did fish two Bassmaster Opens this year as a co. And that was a pretty good experience? Yeah, I cast checks in both of them. It had great, I mean, just wonderful time. Met a lot of neat people. Um, and it forced me, you know, I'm a power fisherman and it really forced me to slow down and uh, fish out of my comfort zone. So that, I thought that was a really good thing for me personally, coming from a world where I get to make all my own decisions. I find my own fish, make my own decisions and all of that. 
to where I have to fish behind somebody and fish how they want to fish. Sure. And I usually don't, I don't like doing that, but it was a great <laughs> way for me to, to kind of work on those things. So I, I'm thankful for it for sure. Well, that's, uh, that's awesome. So the, uh, the most recent win here, the Hobie tournament of champions over yes, on sir. Lake Eufaula that, uh, I saw that come through and I got very excited for you and I saw that press release come out. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that, uh, I've won a lot of tournaments in the last five years. That's by far my biggest. Um, that was a pretty, pretty awesome experience. And I had never fished Eufaula. So, uh, going in, I, I wasn't quite fond of that lake because it was a tough practice. Sure. <laughs> but I, I can't say I'm, I'm too upset with it now looking back. No, no, I wouldn't be either. So in a, in a bass boat, all, all three of us are, 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 you know, bass boat anglers, I guess you could say. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if we're on one in the lake and it ain't working and we just pack up and run to the other end, but in a kayak, that's a little different deal. So how do you take a body of water, especially like you follow, which you've not been on before, where I had mm-hmm. much, you know, much time on, how do you break that down and decide what you're going to do and how you're going to do it? Well, for me, it involves a lot of prep work on the front end of these tournaments. Um, I typically get four, you know, three and a half to four full days on the water. But ahead of that, I spend a lot of time uh, utilizing Google Earth and Navionics, looking at contours, looking at Google Earth imagery, um, going back on my Mac and looking at the history for when the lake's drawn down, if, if the lake ever experiences a drawdown, and, and just kind of trying to learn as much as I can before getting to the actual lake. Um, I look for areas that my other anglers might overlook. Um, I had heard going in a bunch of rumor about Kawiki and had all, all the basketball tournaments go out of there and pro- tournaments probably going to be one there. I'd heard about the witch's ditch. I'd heard about a lot of these areas <laughs> and I, uh, I made sure I wanted to stay far away from all that stuff. I don't okay. like fishing in crowds. And I, I think especially for multi-day tournament, when you've got a bunch of anglers coming in that may not know how to manage fish, I don't like sharing my fish with, you know, several other people. Sure. So I, I try to look for areas that get experience way less pressure. I like to call it like your B water, okay. you know, B or C water. Um, and I, like you said, you know, for basswoods, they can pick up and leave. Uh, on day two of that tournament, I picked up, loaded up three times oh, and, wow. and relaunched. So I'm, uh, I'm not, uh, opposed to doing that i'll cover i'll cover 10 miles on a tournament day and in practice even more i'm sure. um, just eliminating a lot of water just to kind of gain an understanding of what's going on on the lake you know what the fish are are keyed in on or relating to or kind of where they're at in their transition sure okay all right um so you follow prep i mean and, and looking at that day one let's talk about day one what did you have day one of that tournament I had, I think, 78 inches, um, which had me sitting in 11th place out of the uh, out of the 50 anglers. And the guy that was leading it had 87, which okay. to equate that to weight, I would say that's probably 14 or 15 pounds. Oh, wow. 87 inches. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what I had, I probably, I mean, shoot, I probably had maybe 10 pounds on day one, okay. nine or 10 pounds, possibly, probably 10 with, okay. with 78. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's not a lot, but I did see that one of the local tournaments, I think 13 pounds won it. Yeah. Um, so the, the lake was just, I mean, y'all probably know being in Alabama, it was just fish, it's fish and tough. Yeah. Yeah. This time of year, it, it can definitely do that. So what'd you do on day two to kind of expand on your area and try to increase that, your, your inches? I, I want to say weight, but it's all in inches, isn't it? Yes. It's all in inches. Um, so day two on day one, I got a limit relatively quickly. I found an area 
um, down on the southern part of the leg where a, a channel, uh, there's an outside channel swing that butt up against a bank and the back of a pocket. And that little 50 yard stretch had a lot of good, just limit fish, smaller limit fish. And from there, you know, I get my limit working out of the, that small creek and would get some bigger bites, fish in main leg bank grass. And I wanted, I didn't know what that area, what the potential of it was. I didn't fish it hard on day one. So on day two, I went back, got my limit, loaded up and went even further south and just went to an area that I hadn't fished before and ran my pattern. And my main pattern for getting those bigger bites consisted of flipping, punching, and uh, fishing a swim jig around that main lake. I think it's willow grass. I'm pretty sure it's what I was fishing down there. Um, and I just would burn water looking for any stretch of willow grass along the main lake or along the main lake or in the pockets, you know, the main lake pockets. Gotcha. So that seemed to be, I, I would just run that. And then there were certain areas that I made note of, you know, any time that that, that willow grass kind of came to a subtle point, I knew that that those are just, I almost got bitten every single one of those spaces. So I made a little middle note of that and just covered a bunch of water and ended up getting three pretty good coals at the end of uh, day two. There was definitely, there was a major that started in late afternoon every single day. Sure. Um, as a muskie angler, I paid close attention to that, but <laughs> there, there was definitely a, a bite window in the afternoons as well. Okay. So when you say a running gun and a kayak, how far, I mean, like when on a typical day, a tournament day like this, I mean, obviously you said you moved three times, but I mean, how far are you paddling or are you, are you pedaling? You know, I'd say on average, maybe five to seven miles Wow. a day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not sure I can go five to seven feet in a kayak, can I, to be honest with you. But well, uh, it's, I mean, that's that, that's pretty, incre- you got to be in pretty decent shape to do that though, don't you? I, you know, um, I use a motor a lot of the times and okay. the other two national series, I can use a motor. So when I have, in this series, you're not allowed to use a motor on tournament day. So I'm going to tell you right now, the first 20 minutes of tournament morning, my hamstrings started cramping up. I started sweating. I was like, man, this is, uh, I am not in at all any type of kayak fishing shape, it seems is, like. So So is that, that where the pickle juice thing. came into play? Yes. <laughs> That's probably where the pickle juice came into play. <laughs> lots and lots of water. Yeah. So, uh, so day three, you're sitting where going into day three? Day two, I ended up in third. Okay. I was six inches back from first, sitting in third, going into day three. Okay. All right. So day three, I mean, that pattern, I mean, what did you do to expand on that and ultimately bring this thing home? I was heading back to that. The first two days, I had started back on, on that deep channel bank um, and just kind of sat at the mouth of the creek. And it was probably a half mile back in there, um, just about maybe just under half a mile. Okay. I knew he was going there. They had a tournament that day as well, and I was kind of like, oh, shoot. Uh, however, I'm not scared to fish behind anybody. I mean, grass leading back into the back of that pocket that I, I hadn't fished at all both days. Right. And I said, okay, I'll let him fish that. You know, it'll probably take him maybe 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes to fish back there. I'll let him fish out, and I'll work my way back on this bank and then fish that behind him. And that was the best thing that could have happened because that very first clump of bang grass, I skipped a fluke dead in the middle of it, twitched it once, and I caught a three-pounder, an 18-and-a-half-incher wow. first cast. Wow. And I was like, wow. I was like, okay. this." And that was when there was that, there was that freeze warning. It was 33 oh, yeah. degrees that morning. 
Um, a lot of people were really nervous about that shallow bite on Sunday. But as soon as it got in the water and turned my graph on, the water temp was still 59 degrees. So I, I knew it wasn't going to hurt them. I just knew I had to slow down maybe a little bit. That was kind of a, a neat thing. And um, about 20 minutes later, at another pack of, patch of bank grass, I caught a 17 and a half. So but two good fish, you know, in the first half an hour in the morning. Sure. Uh, fishing a bank that I hadn't fished before. Okay. So that was kind of a good thing. And uh, then I went behind that bass boat in that deep channel and caught, uh, I caught a 15 and a half incher. Um, so they left me, left me that one and then uh, caught a 19, probably four, it was a super healthy 19 incher on this little subtle point on the main leg of baked grass. Uh, so I was getting bigger bites on day three, sure. much bigger bites. Um, so my morning started off really good, but then I went several hours uh, where I did not have my fifth fish. The camera boat had showed up. I lost a couple. <laughs> and it, you know how it gets like when you have your four right away and you're feeling really good and all of a sudden everything, you, you just can't seem to get your fifth fish in the boat. Sure. That was my day three. Um, up until about up until about one o'clock in the afternoon, I finally went back went back to that deep channel where there's smaller fish. Where I told my camera guy, "There's been a lot of small fish back here. I should be able to come back here and hopefully just get my fifth. And I did my first cast back there. I caught my fifth fish. Nice, nice. very cool. So thirty five thousand on the win, first female to win this deal. And like you said, your biggest your biggest tournament win today, right? Yes, it is. Yep, I had thirty five, and then I got second place angler of the year for another three three grand, which was a nice little bonus. Yeah, that is that is. So, what's your? I mean, what's the next step for you in the whole kayak world? I mean, where do you want to go now? What do you want to do? Um, yeah, you know, a lot of people have asked me that, and I'm not really sure. I have a I have a <laughs> um, collective answer. I mean, I. I want to, you know, keep fishing and have another, I've had several very successful years, very consistent years. I haven't won angler of the year yet. And I've been really close the last two years. Um, that's obviously a goal of mine to do that. Sure. But um, as for like a, a, a large goal, I, I can't really, I don't really think I have much direction there yet. I just want to keep fishing every day, I guess. <laughs> do the, uh, go ahead, Kenneth. I'll let you talk. Well, I was I wasn't trying to interrupt you there, but one of the one of the questions that I had was, you know, and, and I don't I don't kayak fish. Uh, I spend a lot of time in a in a bass boat, but I I would think that being in a kayak that maybe there's there's kind of a more of a stealthy approach to to what you can do in a kayak. And you kind of mentioned that you didn't have a problem fishing behind that bass boat. Tell us a little bit about you know what you think the advantage really is of being in a kayak as opposed to a boat. Well, the glaringly obvious advantage is that you know, a lot of times you can access water that bass boats can't. You'd be surprised how shallow and how far back big fish will push up certain times of the year. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. And that's, that's one of the fun things about being in the kayaks are obviously very quiet. Times where I've gotten, you know, up into that, that bank grass, and it's pretty clear in the southern part of Ufala, Um And you can see fish in this grass and you're not spooking up. I mean, right. I don't, you can't do that in the bass boat. Um, if you know, if you know how to, how to be, you know, real quiet and not make a lot of quick movements, you can dang near sight fish some of those fish. Um, and, and just, you're eliminating all of the, the movement, the noise, the tr no trolling motor and electronics and all that stuff. And I think that, you know, that does play a key role, especially fishing 
pressured fish in shallow and clear water for sure. And that probably did help me a lot uh, where I was fishing. Okay. Uh, my, my other question is, uh, you know, being in a bass boat, I stand up all the time when I fish. I know, you know, I see a lot of people fishing a kayak where they're sitting down. I see some standing up. How, how do you handle, or do you do both ways? And how do you determine how you're going to do that in a kayak? Yeah, I, I always prefer to fish standing. Uh, when I, however, when I'm fishing offshore and I need to hold my position, I'm typically sitting down uh, fishing offshore or when it's really, really windy out and I need to be able to, you know, make movements i don't have my power pole then i'm usually uh usually sitting but when i'm a lot of the times when i'm you know anytime i'm punching or flipping or uh frogging or or as much as i can i want to be standing so if the weather allows for it i'm in an area where i can do that then i'm i'm standing okay it's really tough to get leverage on a hook set when you're sitting <laughs> yeah. um, when you're when you're punching or you really it's really tough to do that so most times like that i'm always standing Oh now, now I, I'm gonna call BS on that. We've seen your GoPro videos. We've seen your we've seen your Instagram stuff. We know what you catch sitting down. So I mean, yeah. we, we've seen it. It's pretty impressive. So David, what you got? One thing that you know, my my brother kayak fishes, but so but like one thing I know is that there's only so much that you could bring onto a boat, and I don't, my mind kind of still like wandering. It's like I might have to bring this, bring this, and bring this. So how do you really narrow down? Besides just you know really doing a lot of prep work, but how do you narrow down what to bring on your kayak, whether it's for uh, pre fishing or for tournament day? So surprisingly enough, when I uh, was fishing as a co angler. I felt very limited in what I could bring on the bass boat. I was upset. I could only bring six rods and a bag of tackle. That was tough for me <laughs> because contrary to popular belief in a kayak, I bring 12 to 14 rods, uh, all the tackle I want. I have the, you know, the storage in my kayak is, uh, is incredible. Um, I have two giant back rows of plastics, like big plastic bins. I keep under my seat. I've got a giant crate behind me that I've got all my terminal gear. I've got uh, like wrap bags with my spinner baits I keep in the front hatch. I mean, I, I can bring a ton of stuff. So I really, um, when it comes to, to, to gear and, you know, kind of what to bring, I don't feel like I'm totally limited. And I, honestly, it's probably the opposite. I probably bring too much with me out on the water, um, to, be, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, uh, I don't have, I don't feel like in the, in the kayak that I'm in, I, I really have that, that issue when it comes to gear. Um, and a lot of times also, you know, I am a big believer in fishing your strengths on any body of water, any time of the year. And I feel like if you, you on any body of water, you can find fish that are going to eat the way you want them to, whether you want to fish deep, whether you want to drop shot somewhere, whether you want to flip what, you know what have you on most lakes in the country. So I have this year, the entire year I caught my fish on, I'd say probably less than 10 baits. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. I am, I am, I'm thoroughly impressed. I mean, the kayak stuff, I'm actually starting to get into it mainly because I always have a bass boat around, but uh, starting to get into the kayak stuff a little bit. And uh, KG, I looked at a couple of kayak tournaments on on the schedule the other day. Unfortunately, they conflict with other stuff we got going on. But I'll uh, I'll find a couple to fish. But um, Christine, let's do a little. It's, it's it's the week of Thanksgiving, and you're obviously traveling. But do you have any Thanksgiving traditions that you get, that did you do in your family? 
So probably one of my favorites. Um, my family is not a very traditional family, as you could probably have guessed by now. Um, but what we what we do a lot of the years, we go down to Galveston, Texas, okay. and we. Um, I haven't had turkey for Thanksgiving in the last 20 years, probably not one time. Uh, we'd go out, set crab traps, go and catch snapper and flounder and redfish and whatnot. And we always would cook like a fresh catch Thanksgiving. Sure. So that's kind of, that's kind of one of the neat things that my family's always done that I've been really fond of, um, over the years going out and catching our, catching our Thanksgiving dinner, I guess you would say. That's, that's very cool. I like that tradition a lot. Favorite dessert. What's your dessert? Because you just answered your favorite food question. What's your favorite dessert? Mm, Gosh, I have to pick one. Can we do category? Like pie or? Sure. Okay. Give me several. Okay. So favorite pie. It was a tie between um, the the actual Florida Keys key lime pie and uh, caramel apple with vanilla bean ice cream. Not vanilla, vanilla bean. That's important. What's it again Um, now? What kind of ice cream? Vanilla bean, not Va- vanilla, just vanilla, vanilla bean, bean with caramel apple. Yep, caramel that's important apple. for an aspect of that. David's drooling over here. I can see it coming out of the corner <laughs> of his mouth there, right there. So yeah, I'm a dessert junkie. So I mean, I I love. I mean, I I'm a have a huge sweet tooth. I like creme brulee. I I like ice cream. I mean, I like tiramisu. <laughs> we can keep going. That's uh, that's awesome. All right, last last set of questions here. We play a little game sometimes called this or that. Okay, so you pick one or the other. And uh, we may have mixed in a few a food a few food categories in here as well, but we'll we'll bounce around these. So, green pumpkin or watermelon red? Green pumpkin. Okay. Drop shot or Nedrick? Oh, neither. Is that ne- an option? Oh, ah, okay. All right, that's an option. That's an <laughs> option. All right. So I don't know where this one came from, but uh, it's kind of a boat snack deal. Vienna sausage or the little packs of tuna in a bag. Vienna sausage. Okay. I like that. I like that. Diet or regular? Regular. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Sweet tea or unsweet? Unsweet. 100%. Sorry about it, but I I can't do, and I can never find unsweet tea down the the south. That's been a major challenge for me. So you you have to drink sweet. That's just, that's just a rule. When you cross (laughs) that Mason Dixon line, you have to drink sweet. That's just the way it is. I know it's blasphemy, but I like unsweet tea. All right. Spinning or bay casting? Bay casting. All right. Texas rig, Carolina rig. Texas rig. Mm, spinnerbait or chatterbait? Oof. Lately, spinnerbait. Okay. Mono or floro? Floral. Jig or worm? Jig. Mm-hmm. What size jig? What color jig? Um, if you had to have one. Most if you had to have one. Just to have one, like all over? Yeah, just one. Probably half ounce um, Okeechobee craw. Okay. I like it. With a green, yeah. What kind of trailer? Well, ah, there's so many different trailers. Um, I'll have to do, you know, the Z-Man, the bat wings. Yeah. It's like a chunk style trailer. I, I, I've been really liking that one lately. Okay. All right. 10 degrees or 110 degrees? 10. Really be cold? 10. Absolutely. Yeah. Clear water or muddy water? Muddy. There you go. I like it. Guys, you got any of this or that's for? Did I miss anything? I think you covered it pretty well. All right, I thought I did too. Christine, thank you for your time tonight. It's such a pleasure to have you on this show. And uh, congratulations on the win. I mean, just incredible. We're really excited for you. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. I would love to see you all enter a, a kayak tournament next year. <laughs> you, you know, you, the one kayak upside down, 
floating. That's that'd be me. And I, I'm, well, it would be a spectacle. It would sure. be a spectacle. I, I I can't put cameras on it or have a camera bow because it'd be it'd be ugly. But I, you never know. I, I'm gonna try it, and when I do, I'll let you know it's when I lot, do. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of guys. We have a lot of ex bass boat guys that have converted over to kayak fishing now, and they've never looked back. It's it's a neat it's a neat experience. I, I promise you that. I am I'm I'm very excited about it, David. What you, you get one more? Get the little finger up. Just since since you talked about fishing to uh, kayak tournaments next year, what's your plan for next year? Well, right now, as it sits, I just counted this morning. I have 27 tournaments on my schedule, wow. um, and I need to try to chop that down a little bit because I did. I think I did 24 this year, and that was a lot. Um, I'm fishing the Bassmaster Kayak Series, KBF, Hobie, and I'm trying to fit. Um, I've got one or two Bassmaster Opens on there again. Um so I'm trying to fit a couple more opens in there if I can. But how yeah, how a lot, cool, of, a lot of good ones. How cool would it be to qualify for that for that Bass Nation Kayak Classic? It, yeah, I've qualified the last couple of years. It's it's a neat experience. Is it okay. for sure? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll yeah. be so you'll be at Hartwell. You'll be at Hartwell in March. I hope so. I haven't qualified for that one yet. Okay. My, I'm actually fishing a tournament next week in Texas to try to qualify. <laughs> um, I only fished two of the Bassmaster kayak ones this year. They, gotcha. the, my schedule just didn't work out for it. Uh, I cashed checks in both of them, but they took the top 10% and I was kind of just outside of that, unfortunately. So, okay. but last year, or this, I fished this year's on Possum Kingdom. That yeah. was really neat. Um, kind of a fun experience so i'm gonna try to fish this tournament in texas and qualify for it last minute and we'll see if i get in or not <laughs> that sounds good that sounds good well hey thanks again for your time uh have a happy thanksgiving and uh we can't wait to talk to you again so yep you bet guys have a great thanksgiving as well thanks for having me you too see you soon bye guys well guys there she is christine fisher midwest fisher gal I can't do it, KG. I just can't. I, I want to, but I, I just don't know that I can. So, well, you know, I, I've kind of, I kind of would like to do it as well. I, you know, at least to say that I've done it's, it. It's cool. But I don't have a kayak, I so I, well, I, I, now I know someone that I might could borrow one from. Well, I got that. You know, I I did go out and I got the the boat, the B O T E boat, Lono Arrow inflatable kayak. I'm very excited. To uh, to play with it and and to use it a little bit the the pedal drive came in this week for it actually so now I'm really excited because yes I, that would be very I, important I, I to have I ain't got all I ain't got all this I, I will have to paddle some it'd be be good exercise but I think what I like about it is it's also a stand up paddle board so that's going to be kind of a neat deal and I'm I'm looking for because I can take it to a lot of places right and uh, whether it's the beach or whether it's at the lake or whatever so I do I do plan on using that some. Um, this year and I'm, I'm very excited about that so Christine Fisher thank you so much for being a part of the show that was a lot of fun uh, I'll take a quick little break when we come back Mark Copley with Strike King is going to join us or rather outdoors rather he's going to join us and then uh, I'll talk a little pro staff stuff and then we'll uh, don't shake your head at me David you, you, listen you know it's bad and uh, right back to more right here Angler's Channel Insider Podcast I feel like IsoChill definitely allows me to stay on the water longer. When you talk about 14 hour days of practice on the water, that's a long time. And most people are gonna come up with an excuse to get off. And I don't feel like I get that same fatigue. And a lot of that benefit comes from what I'm wearing. Sun protection, breathability, comfort, IsoChill, honestly, it just helps me be more competitive and stay on the water longer. 
Sportsman's Warehouse is your one-stop, convenient place to shop. Whether you're into camping, hunting, or fishing, our expert associates can help you find the gear you need. We carry a huge assortment of quality equipment from the best manufacturers in the country and around the world. We have guns, ammo, rods, and lures, not to mention every kind of outdoor clothing for the whole family. You can shop in one of our fully stocked stores or visit us online at sportsmanswarehouse.com. Visit Sportsman's Warehouse. Shop one of over 60 locations. Whether day or night, I love to tie one on. Every day of the week, I like to tie one on. I don't care who's looking, I always tie one on. Every time I go on the water, I love to tie one on. You may not know this about me, but every once in a while, I've been known to tie one on. Come on, man. Join the Stray King team. All you got to do, tie one on. (laughs) I think I always tie one on. Welcome back, folks. Angler's Channel Insider Podcast here brought to you by our friends. Strike King Lure Company, loose rods and reels, products made for winners. Check them out online, strikeking.com, lose.com, or, of course, our favorite retailer, Sportsman's Warehouse, or sportsman's.com. Excited to welcome in. That's kind of ironic that that was the lead-in to this guy. My old pal, my old buddy, my old friend, Mr. Mark Copley from Rather Outdoors. Brother, how the heck are you? Brother, I am doing good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It is Thanksgiving week, and, and man, it's time to be thankful for some things, isn't it? By God, it is. You're exactly right, it is. And speaking of which, what's give me some Thanksgiving traditions in the Copley household. Well, we started a new one this week. Oh. Uh, so the, the old one is that we always come and have Thanksgiving dinner with my wife's parents. My parents passed uh, a long time ago, so they haven't been with us for a while. But we always come to my my in laws' house for Thanksgiving and and just you know spend the weekend. When we lived in Memphis, you know we we just spent the whole week with them and and did stuff together. Sure. Uh, but but now that we're in South Carolina now, uh, we started a new tradition. Uh, Julie and my middle child Wade drove uh, from Columbia, South Carolina, on Saturday to. Memphis to or to Kyrieville, uh, home of the where uh, our our favorite lure company once resided. <laughs> once resided, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and me and my youngest son Jake, uh, we decided to go visit our good friend Mike Burnett down in Venice, Louisiana, and we had planned on staying a little bit longer. But you know how kids and family and honeydews kind of get in the way of fun, but. I won't squelch that because we did have fun and I'm thankful. But so we, we drove down there and fished all day uh, Sunday and all day yesterday. Sunday was offshore hunting snapper and we filled the boat with snapper. Oh wow! And let me let me tell you, that's work. It is work. It is work. You're exactly right. I took Biggs back in June, and we went out of uh, out of Destin. And after the first one he laid into, he's like. I'm good. I'm like, we're just getting started, bud. He's like, we can go back now. I said, no, 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 no. We're 30 miles offshore. We ain't going anywhere. You're stuck here, dude. Yeah. So you're stuck. But and luckily, luckily, we weren't 30 miles, but we were, uh, we were seven miles off. And, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you what, we were. It was not breakers, and you know, 12 foot seas. Uh, the forecast said four foot swells with seven seconds in between right 
Well, well, as usual, the, the weatherman is always wrong. Always. Uh, the, the only four-footers we saw is when we went out the uh, south pass uh, going and got out of the jetties. Then we started hitting the sixes and the eights. So. <laughs> it's always fun to not only fight the waves, but fight the fish at the same time. So uh, it, it does make, make boat control an issue. But, it, uh, it does. It you, does. You know, we kind of floundered around out there, and, and then we finally found the money spot, and uh, we, we commenced to uh, – and. and you probably don't. I don't know if you know this or not, but my son Jacob has a severe fish allergy and a shellfish allergy. Did not know that. So, so you took the child fishing. That's smart. Took the child fishing, but <laughs> he's very careful, and he doesn't touch them. So I have to do all the baiting of of the hooks, but because we were we were throwing, you know, but we were throwing artificials, but we we're also throwing uh, crabs and uh, some uh, sea trout cut bait. Sure. Uh, which is snapper candy. And so uh, I played a little bit deckhand. I played a little bit uh, guide. I played a little bit fisherman. Uh, whatever Mike told you to Mike, do, right? Whatever Mike told me to do. Because Mike had to run the boat because there's no running a trolling motor in eight-foot sea. No, there's <laughs> not. There's not. So so give me, a, give me a favorite Thanksgiving food in the Cowboy household for you. Oh, it's fried turkey. Fried turkey. That's... That is a tradition with me. I fry turkey every Thanksgiving. Okay. All right. I like it. Now, Christine Fisher was on. that don't like it. Yeah? I love it. Well, I hey, love it. Dude, as long as you like it, then you're then you're good. I mean, it's 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 your movie, bud. We're just extras in this deal. So, well, <laughs> I asked Christine Fisher the same question regarding desserts, and she wanted to break it down by category, right? She gave me her favorite pie, her favorite cake, her favorite everything. What's yours? What's your favorite dessert? Oh, pumpkin pie. That or pecan pie, one of the two. Okay, all right. But and that's because my mother made pecan pie every year, and it wasn't just pecan pie. She called it Cairo pecan pie. Cairo, oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. All right, we're 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 on the same page there, David. I asked David this question earlier too, as far as his favorite Thanksgiving food, and he said pumpkin pie. And I said, well, that's dessert. He said, no, that's food. Just give me the pumpkin pie and a fork and I'm good. That's what he wanted. So, And we've all seen David. David doesn't weigh 100 pounds soaking wet. So, I mean, it's... No, but I've seen David eat. Yeah, he can he, he can, he can go. That's right. I forgot y'all. Yeah, he can go at it. He, that's true. You don't... He doesn't miss too many meals. I just don't know where it all goes. So, but... Um, he took me over budget on that, on that writer's event. Well, he told me he might. He said, man, I'm a little bit worried. I ordered a lot of food. And I said, did you eat it all? He said, yeah. So then you're good. Don't worry about it. So, yeah. You're fine, right? Just clean your plate. That's, That's it. all that matters. Clean your plate. You're good to go. So reason why I wanted to have you on tonight, um, not only because you're a good friend, I hadn't talked to you in a while, but also KG sent me a, a text last week, and it, it had a gentleman that, and I've seen him before, and I kind of ignore him, but it, this one touched a nerve with me because back in the day when I was at Strike King, and you were too, you know, you, you sat next to me in that styrofoam office that we had, and you mm-hmm. um you heard a number of the conversations that came out of my side of the styrofoam room and a lot of them revolve around pro staff and mm-hmm. you know hey sign me and I want this and I want that and I'll do this for you and all this stuff and so you know I, I'm I've got kind of an old school approach to it because I was you know I was the guy that you sent not not so much emails at the time. A lot of it was mailed portfolios, right? I mean, they I had all kinds yep. of mailings and 
drawers and stackfuls of crap and, and more stuff before way before social media. And then when I left in 2012, that's in 2012, you kind of, you know, that kind of fell on your lap a little bit there at Strike King. And you got more of the, what we call new school, the social media guys, high school, college anglers and all that. And that's kind of evolved into so much more stuff now. But KJ sent me a text or a screenshot of a guy that basically just went on Facebook and said, hey, I'm going to fish X, Y, and Z. And I need sponsors. I need help. And I can give you all the love you want. And come hire me. I don't know this guy from Adam. But I'm like, that kind of touched a nerve with me a little bit. Have we lost the old school way in the way in the, in the way pro staffers look for companies nowadays? I think we have. I think we've – what I think is a lot of people have lost touch with reality and that uh, they just think that they just have to get out there and claim it. Look, I'm all for everyone getting out there and, and earning it and proving yourself. And, you know, uh, we I was on a, a uh, panel discussion one time on pro staff, and we were talking about uh, – what you should and what you shouldn't do. And a good friend of ours, Jesse Simpkins, yeah. uh, at St. Croix, uh, he brought up, he said, what people get wrong is it's not just what we as a company can do for you, but what can you do for us? Sure. It's, uh, you know, I hear, and you heard it too, how many times did you hear, but it's just product. the last time i checked there is a cost associated with product you know our buddy and our old buddy alan ranson at strike king we were there the ceo cfo mm -hmm. ego whole nine yards um when when he was there he would he had a dollar figure for that stuff right i mean if i gave you if i gave you five thousand dollars a year in product then you had to sell between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars at retail for us to recoup that, right? Exactly. So it's not just product. We ain't got it laying around just to give. Yeah, it's not. You know, that's it. Doesn't just fall in the door, and uh, you know, oh hey, we made these. We just thought we'd give them to you. Y'all, you know, just give them out. Well, um, and I hate it, Chris. I really do because there's a lot of very deserving and. You know, honestly, the guys who are trying to make it out there, it's not easy. You know, let's take our friend Matt Robertson. Sure. For example. You know, Matt has worked hard. He's made it to the, to the Bass Elite. But he still has a job that he does when he's not fishing. Sure. There, there's, I think you and I talked one time about it's like maybe 5, 15% Mac guys who fish the elite that actually turn a profit every year. Yeah. 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 And that's the guys, you know, the Kevin Van Dams, those guys who, who get because they've earned it. I yeah. mean, he's, you know, he's won a few fruit jar tournaments. He has. He has. So yeah. It, it's, yeah, I just, I hate it because I want people to succeed, but people doing this have got to understand that it's a business. And they've they've got to have a business plan when they come out and and, and start approaching sponsors and and not to throw shade at this guy or maybe a little shade, but 
Uh, oh, you I'll throw don't it. Come out. Okay, you're right. I'll throw you it. You just don't come out and proclaim, come sponsor me. No. I no. can do this for you. Yeah. But yet they can't tell you what they can do for you. Listen. You and I have both have filled the phone calls. You know, my buddy Danny Brewer. Oh, absolutely. My brother, my old, buddy Danny Brewer Danny sent Brewer. me. Yeah, Danny Brewer sent me, and he said you'll give me a truck and a boat, and you'll pay my entry fees and all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't know who Danny Brewer is. I thought his name was Danny Brower. He said, Well, his friends call him Danny, and I'm like, Well, that's great. I'm his friend. I don't call him Danny, right? But you know, yeah. I, it's it's funny because back in 2000, gosh, it's been a while. 2003, maybe, in New Orleans, when the Classic was there. Tim Tucker, the late, great Tim Tucker, who was the senior writer for Bass, he put on a pro staff meeting. He put on a meeting, a little seminar. And I asked him, I said, dude, can I sneak in the back of this thing and just listen? Because I was still green, right? And I'd get the emails. I'd get the packets in the mail from guys. I'd get the phone calls from the Mark Menendezes in the, of the world and those guys that would go, hey, sponsor me. I want to be involved. And, um, yeah, I can give you some product, but, you know, when it came to cash, that wasn't, that wasn't my, you know, my arena just yet. But so I went to the Tim Tucker deal and he called me out in the middle of it and I was just trying to be, you know, quiet. But one thing he said was, is you've got to be able to, you need to know who the guy is that you're soliciting, right? You need to know who the guy Mm -hmm. is. Like, I'm not going to call rather outdoors and say, Hey, I want to. I, I want an advertising, you know, contract with you guys. I want to advertise your products or I want a pro staff position without finding out who that guy is, right? I mean, the, exactly. the, the, the first email or, you know, if I get an email at info at strikeking.com and it says to whom it may concern or dear pro staff manager, yeah, you're getting deleted pretty quick. And it's not an egotistical yeah, thing. It's a thing where you, you need to know. You got to know. Yeah, you got to know who you're dealing with. And so I'll never forget because Tim, and this is another point too, Tim, he he called me out in the middle of the, of the seminar, right? And he said, hey, what's your biggest pet peeve? And I've only been in this job like a year and a half at this point. It's like, what's your biggest pet peeve? And when he called me out by name and who I worked for and what I did, dude, there were 30 guys in the room and 25 of them reached in their briefcase and pulled a resume out. And like they were ready to bombard me with it when you know when we we're done, and I made the comment. I said, "Guys, you don't come to a show like the Classic or iCast looking for a deal. You don't come to that. We're here working. We're selling. We're trying to make a living on our own. I'm not interested in hiring pro staff at this show." And all of those all those resumes went back into the briefcases and back into the folders because. Mm-hmm. You use those shows to network, right? I mean, you use those shows to get to meet somebody. Hey, walk up in the booth, say, hey, I'm Chris Brown. I'd love to talk to you at some point in time about pro staff. Can I get your name and number? Can I get your card? Or here's my card. You're there to network, right? You're not there to sign a deal. Absolutely. You know, you're not going to sign one out of the blue, just walk it up. That was one of my pet peeves from, is, is from ICAST, is you can't get any work. And I shouldn't say it like that, but you can't. It's, you're you're inundated, right? And if it's like they don't, they just those that are getting into the industry need to understand there's there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. And I promise you, you're going to be much more successful uh, if you can develop a business plan. So what I said earlier, this is a business. It's a business for us. It's a business for for these anglers. You know, it's not just fishing. It's uh, but. You, Develop a business plan. 
do what you said. You come to these shows to network, to meet people, but not to ask. Right. Right. I mean, we do the same thing at ICAST from an advertiser standpoint. I mean, if I've got a meeting with you, then you know what I'm coming for and you've agreed exactly. to the meeting, but I'm just not going to walk up in the booth and go, hey, Mark, you know, can we do this deal next year or what's going on? I'm, I'm the, I mean, I'll walk up and say, hey, I'm Chris Brown English Channel. I'd love to talk to you at some other point in time off this floor about opportunities, right? But exactly. I mean, unless we I've got pre- a meeting we set. We preset those meetings. We do. Most of the meetings that we have at ICAST have been preset. And and you normally screen them so bad, I hardly ever get a time with you, don't I? I'm usually the last meeting of the day on Friday, aren't I? No, I'll let you in, but I'll give you first choice. <laughs> Kenneth? You know, Mark, I think part of the problem is a lot of these people don't understand how small the, the industry really is. I mean, when, when you really think about it, you know, let's take a crankbait, for instance. You know, if it's an $8 crankbait, you, you know, the, the dealer's got to make a little money out of that. You know, you, and obviously mm-hmm. you guys had to pay to get it to get it built. So the profit margins are, are really pretty small. So if you start Margin giving away your product, small. yes, you start giving away your product and that's that's your op- you've missed an opportunity to make money on that product. And it also costs exactly. you money to build it. So, so you, you know, you're going behind. So obviously you can't do that very very often, but I think it's just a matter of a lot of people don't understand the true size uh, of the industry and, and the business and how it works. Oh, our industry is so small, and it's uh, you know it's like all of us, and, and, and Chris and, and all of you, you guys as well. I mean, we know so many people from other companies that we're really good friends with. I mean, it's not like you know because you work for another company, you're the enemy. It's uh, it's. We're all in this business to make money, but uh, and Chris, you'll remember this saying: our our our, our good friend Doug Miner <laughs> would always say, "A high tide floats all boats." Yes, it does. Yes, it and does. And when when everything's going good, everybody's doing well, and that that's how a small industry. Look, I wish there were a hundred million people fishing across the United States. Maybe one day we'll get to that, but. We're not at that right now, at least on a intermediate to avid anglers, angler basis, the ones who go quite a bit. Right. Uh, but, it, yeah, we're, it's, it's, such, it's such a small industry. And, and Listen, it's, it, it's, it's so small that in 2003, I got a phone call from a guy in Oklahoma, and he says, I'm with Terminator Spinnerbaits. And mm-hmm. I mean, in 2003, striking and Terminator were head to head. I mean, it was like, yep. I know I answered the phone and he said, Hey, this is Alan McGuckin with Terminator. And I'm like, Well, I'm ready to beat your ass right now. Why are you calling me? Right. But Guck's a good friend of mine now. But the reason why he was calling was he had talked to an angler who was looking for a pro staff position, but he couldn't remember any of the names of the baits from Terminator. And he said, have you talked to this guy? And I kind of laughed and I said, actually I have. And he goes, did he know anything about your products? I said, he didn't know Jack. Cause that's another thing too. Everybody loves your products until you start asking them, well, what do you use? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite color? Oh, exactly. And my, my favorite was, Oh, I like that sexy shad color. Right. I'm sure you do. 
There's 17,000 versions of that bait now. What's your favorite? What crepe bait do you use? Yeah. Which favorite spinner bait, right? So, man, I, man, I like that worm that y'all built. That's right. Yeah, that one little worm y'all got. That jig, man, that jig's really nice. Got that one guy's face it, on it, the package. What's his name? Denny Brewer. Yeah, I like that Denny one a Brewer. lot. That's a good one. So, but no, I mean the the, uh, the you know we do talk. People know each other. And and, and and what's funny is word gets around. I had a pro staffer one time when I was there. Original guy. Fished a bunch of BFL stuff, right? He was on a pretty good deal, product-wise, with Strike King. And he qualified for the Bassmaster Classic. I couldn't tell you which year it was, but he qualified for the Bassmaster Classic, and the guy had been around a while. And, you know, we all put our collective heads together and said, well, maybe we should offer this guy a little piece of money. Qualify for the Classic and represent the brand. And let's let's... You know, let's give him a little bit of money every month and see and see how he does. And we called him into the office and called him in my little styrofoam room there, and we had a nice little conversation. And I offered him a contract, and he looked at it, and he did the one thing you never do. He spun around and handed it back to me, and he says, "I tell you what, we'll talk about this more after I win the Bassmaster Classic next week." And he finished fifty fourth out of fifty four boats. And, and I'm I, betting he still has he still hasn't won the classic yet, has he? Nor have I ever heard from the bastard ever since then. Yeah. So you need to humble yourself a little bit in this sport, don't you? You do, and it's go, going back to how small an industry it is. You cannot burn a bridge in this industry. No, no, you can't. And, and I've seen, and I won't name any names, but I've seen nationally known pros. When they move from from so they lost they lost the sponsorship deal and th- and look business happens sure companies company to go out of business sure companies get bought the, there's there's a lot of things that happen out there and you know people need to understand don't take it personal it's just business but when they go over that line and they make it personal then they burn a bridge and it's it's going to be hard for them to pick up something down the line. You know, and the other the other thing that everybody thinks that well, I've made the elite. Now you got a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. You know how many? I would venture to say there's probably ten to fifteen percent of guys who are either on uh, the MLF side at that national level or on the bass side at the elite level that still don't get from some of their sponsors. They get just product, sure. And I don't mean it as just product. It's still that's still money out of the out of the company, especially a smaller company. Sure, sure. And what um, and what a lot of them don't realize too is when you get over that certain marker product, you're gonna get you're gonna get dinged for it. You're gonna get ten ninety nine on that on, on that product, aren't you? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> you go over six hundred dollars, and and guess what shows up in your mailbox right before tax time? Every tax. every time, every time. I used to love those phone calls. So. Go ahead, KG. You know, you, you're talking about how small the industry is and how everybody knows everybody. You know, most of the people that are in this industry, they do it because they have a passion for it. And, Absolutely. you know, because That's of that, I'm here. because of that, you end up with, with a mutual respect with your competitors yeah. because you're all, you're all doing it because you have a passion for it. And and that's kind of what can bring you together. So you, as you're at ICAST or these different places and you see these same face over and over, you have opportunities to cross paths and introduce yourself to them. That's kind of how you, you all know each other. And, and there again, it's people don't realize how small it is and how all that works. 
Oh, there's there's a lot of us in this industry that spend more time with each other, like other companies, you know, the same person, the other company, than our wives first half of the year, aren't it, Mark? Because well, we're, we're all at shows together. We're all seeing the same people. And you spend you know, a lot of time with those guys. Yeah. We, I don't, Chris, I'm sure you're, saying, you're the same way. It's like, you know, I look forward to the classic and I look forward to ICAST. Uh, we'll be at Red Crest this year. I'm looking forward to that because I get to see people that, you know, I don't get to see that often, but I get to spend a week with them. And it, and it's people that you know and respect. And uh, so I look forward to those times. But you're right. That's We've developed these relationships with people over, over the years. And uh, it's, you know, I would venture to say, Chris, you're probably like me. You probably have most people's, uh, at least the marketing guy from, from most of the companies that show up to these events and our phone number because we talk all the time. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely we do. And, you know, and it's funny because you're in the same boat I am. We've, we've all done just about everything there is in this business but fish the elites and the classic, right? I mean, we've yes. been around it so long. I mean, I'm in like year 20 now of this deal. And, um, I mean, you know, and, and it's funny because the people you meet, people you know, they, they all go and they do different things. But we're all in the same industry still, you know. I mean, you know, yep. I, I bring Guck up. I mean, he was the he was the spiked headed kid at uh, Terminator when I was at Striking, and now he's you know head writer sponsorship guru over there at Toyota Dynamic Sponsorships, and here I am running English Channel. So it, it's it's funny how you no evolve. Idea. Yeah, I had no idea that Guck was at Terminator. He was. He was. You can go back he, and find some I really cute pictures of him. Tonight. Yeah, there you go. See, you learn something every day, don't you? So, so give me in wrapping this up. Give me some advice for college kids, high school kids, or these guys that are coming out of team tournaments and going to fish BFLs or Toyota Series, or the Opens that are looking for sponsorships. Give me, give me a couple of bullet points and highlights they need to hit prior to uh, pushing the the send button in the email or making that phone call. First and foremost, they got to have a resume. Yes. Uh, they need to have not only a resume, but a business plan of how you're actually going to help those sponsors because they helped you. That was, that was always the easiest way to get rid of a guy at a show or on the phone when they'd call and say, I want to be in your pro staff. Like, great, send me a resume. What's that? Well, figure it out. Send me one. Yeah. 95% of the guys won't send one in. At least at and the, that at business the plan can exactly, and that business plan cannot be. Well, when I walk across the stage at that BFL, I'm going to mention your name. Not enough. I hope you do. Yeah, but that's not all of it. Right, <laughs> right. Because at least that way, the 15 people in the parking lot that are all family members can at least. <laughs> know that our name <laughs> you know I, I got i got one more real quick i fished the fishers of men regional on the dead sea at ross barnett one year when i was still uh, striking oh, i drove past it today <laughs> i'm sorry i you barely drove you, I, hope you, I hope you drove fast it's a scary place but uh who Al Al with Fishes of Men was doing the MC in that day, and he introduced me as the pro staff director for Strike King Lure Company. And wouldn't you, you know it? Really there was a young kid. <laughs> I say young. There was a young man in the crowd by the name of Cliff Pace who just happened to have a resume on him and made sure I got it before I left. 
He had you three know, in his. He had three in his back pocket. That is funny. And I got one of them. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, that yeah. Is, I, I love that. But that, you know, Chris, tell the story about about Brandon Pollock about how many <laughs> times he reached out to you. So I get this email one time, right? And it's it's a very well written email. From a kid's from a kid who I couldn't pronounce his last name, but he's from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and I had been to Coeur d'Alene before. I had vomited in Coeur d'Alene before, thanks to Doug Miner. Yes. Um, yes. But uh, I wasn't drunk; I just got car sick. But uh, I get this email from a kid in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and he's you know really nice email. Had a resume, had everything you would want. But I'm I'm in one ear. I've got Alan Ransing going. We're over budget. And in the other ear, I've got, you know, my little, you know, me going, what the hell am I going to do with a kid in, Bor- in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, right? I mean, do they have, do they have right. bass there? What's in Coeur d'Alene? I mean, I've seen them. There's a beautiful place. But I'm like, what am I going to do with a kid in Coeur d'Alene? And I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And I said, dude, I, thanks. I appreciate it. I just, I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't do anything with you right now. If you need something, I can send it to you. I just can't. I don't have any room right now. Right? Go ahead, David. David's got his finger up. Well, I was going to eventually ask Mark that same because I know that you told me this Brandon Pollock story. I was going to ask Mark, does he have his? He doesn't have to name the name. Does he have his own? Oh, he does. Brandon Pollock. He does. But but my Pollock story was I said no. I do. I said no to Brandon, and not because I didn't like him. He was a great kid. I just didn't know enough about him. And it's my own fault for not being for for being too busy and not willing to learn, right? Because you look at the little shit now, and he's you know one of the. I mean, he's a he's one of my best friends, but I mean, he's just dude. He won the well. Back. He used to sleep in the back of your truck when you were at Rigid, right? Well, he did. Yeah, I drove him around a lot when I was there. But I mean, he um, but just an all around, and he did the right things. He reached out. He got my name from Wilma, the secretary, at Strike King. All right. He's like, who runs your pro staff? She told him. He sent me an email directly. Dear Mr. Brown. Right. Okay. I'm intrigued. I'm going to read it. Doesn't mean I'm going to hire every guy that sends an email to dear Mr. Brown, but should I have hired him? Yeah, probably so. But, you know, but our our past both both in a different direction. And dude, he's, you know, he's better for it, I I would think. But he he also didn't make a question on that. He got rejected. Do what now, David? Or I'm sorry, Kenneth? He also didn't make it personally. He got rejected. He didn't. And he told me, he said, of all the resumes I sent out, you were one of two that replied to me. And he said, I'll never forget that. It made me a better business person because you actually replied. And that's what's funny is, is when you send out a resume to to whom it may concern or dear Mr. Pro Staff Manager, that tells me whether I'm at Trick Step, Strike King, Lose, Under Armour, rely on wherever i am that tells me you've sent that same resume to every mother in this industry everybody it's a blanket thing everybody's got it uh, all you had to do is cut and paste different names in there you could say you could keep the body the same but at least change the names out just do a little bit of work right just a little bit of work so just a little bit I got a problem with that because realistically, I can't I can't offer my services to do different companies the same way. No, you can't. You can't. What had happened to that guy if everybody said yes? Then what happens, right? I mean, you know, at that back in the day, it cost so much money to embroider a shirt you couldn't afford it. So yeah, there's not enough room for patches on this. No. So so Mark, what's your who'd you pass up on? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I got I got a 
You just hire a, them all, don't you? <laughs> no, but I've got one that I'm proud with. It, that there's two that I'm proud that that we that we didn't pass on. Cole Floyd and Jay Shakur. Okay, there you go. There you go. Two young hammers. They haven't done it. I mean, uh, Cole had a wonderful first film tackle warehouse. Uh, and Jay flat out killed it on the opens with the talent level that's on the opens right now. Oh, yeah, it's stupid. And to go, and to go out and qualify, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely um, stupid. You know, what was funny was back in the day I will, when I – I will tell you where there's one we passed on. I, I, I kicked myself on this one. And, and I don't know that it was quite all my fault, but I'll, you know – I'll take a little bit of the blame. Ot Defoe. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that'd be one. That's my Brandon Polonick right there. So yep. well, it's good it's good not I wasn't the only one that did that. So No. no. You and I you and I have done a lot of the same thing. I'll I'll never forget when Doug Miner walked in my office one time and he said, Bud, Bud, you ever heard of this this Poloniak kid? I said, Polonick? He goes, Yeah, yeah, Polonick. That's him. Yeah. Court Lane? I said, Yeah. He says, We need to get him. And I'm like, Dude, I just passed him well, six months ago. And he's like, what? I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't know he was going to do something, right? I mean, how, how would I know, right? And I'm like, Jesus, really? I mean, that, that came up quick. You were, you were quick to tell him it was Alan's fault. Though. It was Alan's fault. Everything's Alan's fault. It's always Alan's fault, you know? So, it's always Alan's fault. Always Alan's fault. He got blamed for a lot of things. He really did. And and, and as and rightfully he should. So rightfully he should. But, you know, I remember back in the day, too, when – we would go after you talk about you know having a business plan and a resume you know i hired greg hackney and mark menendez the exact same day and we hired them Be pretty good gifts well, they are and we hired them because menendez could talk and hackney could fish and little do we know that menendez could talk and fish still and hackney eventually found a way to talk. So, I mean, and just... And maybe one of the funniest oh, dry humor guys on tour. One of my favorites. One of my absolute favorites. And just just an incredible dude. So, it, it's it's funny what a little bit of effort and a little bit of time can do to, to you know, to help you get in the door with someplace to where you never know. You could be a Hackney or Menendez or a Van Dam. I'll never forget the story about Van Dam because Charles Spence didn't want to hire him. He said he fishes too fast. He he's he he'll never make it. <laughs> and he and Doug Miner and and Van Dam, the, uh, Strike King used to have an apartment in uh, in Carrieville. I'm mean, not sure what I think the Harley Davidson place is there now in Carrieville. But it used to be an apartment yep. complex, and Strike King had an apartment there for when Doug would come into town or some others. And there was a pond, and they all went there. Charles and Doug and Kevin, and Kevin was throwing a spinnerbait around the bank. And dude, he didn't stop walking the bank. Like he circled this this pond like three times, right? And Charles told Doug, he says, I don't want him. Look at him. He can't stand still. He's like a poodle on acid, which he is. He's a poodle on acid. Right? Poodle on acid. Poodle on acid, but he he won't he, he fishes too fast. Well, you know, he made he made everybody else a liar, didn't he? So I mean it's uh, yeah. it it take a little time getting to know people. You'd be surprised what comes out, won't you? You know, Chris, you know a couple, couple of things. Passion and be prepared. That's the two best things that I can tell these up-and-comers up and, up and comers, or, or even if 
you know, someone started late. If you want to be in this game uh, of fishing and earn a living at it, you got to be passionate for it and you got to be prepared. And talk to companies whose product you believe in. Even if they say no, keep talking to them because you just never know. Keep talking and don't badmouth anybody ever. 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 Because you never know what uh, you never know who will be aware the next time you uh, you go to <laughs> you, go you to and I have probably talked or or me and someone or you and someone we've probably talked and that word gets around awful quick. L- last point and we got to roll, but um, I'll never forget I was looking at a pro at one time in our career, striking Alec, Alan and I and John Barnes and Doug were talking about pros. We had a little run. We we're talking about one guy in particular, and it was prior to a classic. And I'll never forget going to the classic. I ran into Ed Harp, who was a writer for Bass at the time. I think he still is. Mm-hmm. But Ed's a good friend of mine, and we were in the in the media room, and we were just talking, chit chat. And I said, Ed, let me ask you a question, because you got to understand as a pro staffer, you got to do media work too. You got to talk to people. They're going to write about you. You got to come on these two podcasts. You got to do all that. But I asked Ed. I said, Tell me about so and so. Didn't tell him why. Just said, Tell me. Tell me what you think about him. And he told me, he said, Chris, I'll never work with him unless I absolutely have to. And I said, why? And he said, because he will not return my phone calls. He said, now I'm nobody in this, in, in this world of fishing, but I am somebody. And he will not return my phone calls. I've left him four voicemails and he will not return my phone calls. I said, well, that's all I need to know. Yep. This guy who he's talking about is a classic champ. And it's had a very successful career. But it only takes one little thing like that and somebody to ask about it and turn it off completely because I never pursued him after that. Should I have? No. I'm glad I didn't because I don't need that. At at that time, I didn't need that guy on my pro staff. So, And those reputations follow you for life. They really do. It's hard to break that. Just remember, you, you only get a first chance. You never get a second chance to make a first reputation. There you go. Our first impression. First impression. There you go. Well, you heard it from the redfish slayer himself, folks, Mr. Mark Copley. Rather outdoors. Boy, it felt good. I'm going to have some fresh Napa tonight. <laughs> well, do me a favor. High five the kids. Hug Julie for me. I will. And I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving, my friend. Same to you. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody there. Uh, give hashtag hash and, uh, and Biggs and Sarah Bailey a hug for me, too. And, uh, uh Appreciate all you guys. Appreciate you. What, not only what you do for us as a company, but what you do for the sport. And I appreciate y'all's passion. Uh, everybody have a have a great week and happy Thanksgiving. And thanks for having me on. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Well, guys, there he is, my buddy Mark Copley. Rather outdoors, striking lure company. Mark came in green as green could be. In early, around 2005, 2006, came in Strike King. I was there. Came in on the TV side. We learned him a lot. Learned him a lot. Great dude. And um, a very, very good friend. I've got a list of other shit to talk about. We ain't got time, boys. I'm sorry. I mean, Elite Series Elite series stuff came out today. I'll say it for next week. We got, um, let's see, what else? Ding merchandise is available now, David. Did you know this? Ding merchandise is available? If it shows up in my, if it shows up for Christmas, I'm burning it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you right now. <laughs> Probably a couple, a couple things really quick. Um, on the website anglerschannel.com, there's a bunch of stuff there. But 
Bass is supporting a deal called Layla's Big Bass. It's a kid's book written by Lori Bartolozzi. You can go to her website, laurabartolozzi.com. I don't think it's available yet, but you can pre-order it. Uh, I'm going to buy one because it's cool. But she said it was difficult finding info for women anglers. So she wrote this book called Layla's Big Bass. And it's on our website. You guys need to check that out. Also on our social channels as well. But very, very cool little deal. Um, very proud of that. It's cool to see that kind of stuff come about. Um, see what's coming up next week trying to get our bass pro u.s open winners our buddy logan parks and tucker smith how about that crap guys i mean auburn kids right early in the year auburn says hey you screwed up we're gonna ban you for life right or for for the year you can't fish under auburn's name everybody rallies around them logan was the president of auburn university fishing team at the time rallies around them the president says, okay, fine, we'll just cut you for a month. They come back. I think they win like two out of five, and they place high and everything else. Team of the year and all this stuff. And then Logan and Tucker go down to Bull Shoals last Wednesday, finishing the top 25 out of 250 in the wild card, had never seen Table Rock before Thursday, and win a million dollars, two trucks and two boats in, in three days of fishing. Well, before they got the Bull Shoals, they were in South Carolina fishing a tournament. Oh. They fished a tournament there, left from there, went straight to Bull Shoals, qualified in that last chance qualifier, had one day of practice, and then three days later, they win a million dollars. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. It's very, very, very cool story. Uh, we're going to get those guys on the show here in the upcoming weeks. We do have Ot Defoe coming up on Tuesday the 7th. Uh, he'll be on the show talk about the coast to compete and conserve. He cashed a little bit, a little, little bit of money out of coast this year for doing nothing more than what KG wearing his coastal sunglasses, didn't he? That's it. Yep. That's all he had. Well, to. you got you got to sign up for it. But that's a very easy process. It's free. Sign up for it. Come on, it's piece yes. of cake. So, uh, a couple other random thoughts here. Um, well, the elite series. We got. We got. What we got? We got five minutes. The elite series roster. Um, surprising there. Cox to fish all three again. Surprised or no? I don't know that he can. Well, he says he is. He's going to fish. Aren't there some conflicts? Well, there are always conflicts. There's got to be conflicts. MLS involved. Oh, I said it. Damn it. Um, you know, it's going to be conflicts. But he, he says he's going to show up. He's going to fish all three. We'll look at overlaps for another show. Uh, your rookie's coming in, Dice K. Aoki. I, was it right? Is that right, David? Dice K. That's correct. Josh Douglas, Jacob Fouts, uh, Cody Huff. We got Iconelli as a newcomer. That's pretty funny. Jonathan Kelly is a rookie. Masayuki Masushita. I cannot wait for this rookie podcast to come to hit first of the year. That'd be awesome. Prozzi's a newcomer. Jay Zirkarat is a rookie. Alex Redwine a rookie. Joseph Webster and Maddie Wong are both rookies. And David Williams is a newcomer. Um, and then not returning, somebody asked this question on a, on a post I saw on, on uh, the Book of Faces today. 20 guys not coming back. Um, and according to Kelly J and one of his social posts, Bass had the largest field cut ever, cutting 23 anglers based on a three-year average. Being an eight-year angler, I received a one-drop year. Unfortunately, Bass made a rule which says your drop year goes towards your hardship year. This rule applied to only three out of 100 anglers, with him being one of them. After a hardship two years ago and a bad year last year, he's out. 
He doesn't agree with how it was handled, but it is what it is, he said. So not returning next year. Uh, some pretty big names, I would say. Brian Snowden, uh, been there for a long time. Randy Pearson, Bill Weidler, Quentin Capo, Rob Dye, Robbie Latuso, Kelly J, Tyler Carrier, Shane Leinberger, Kyle Monte, Chris Grow, Yusuke Miyazaki, Randy Sullivan, Rick Morris, Destin Demarion, Garrett Paquette, Cody Holland, Dale Hightower, Harvey Horn, and Brett Pruitt. Now, a couple of those guys just was, weren't going to return as it is because of things that are going on in their life. But uh, those are your guys not returning for next year and your new guys in. So, interesting to see how that's going to play out. Um, 256-535-3217, the X-Zone hotline brought to you by Trickstep. Would love to know your, uh, your thoughts on that. I did ask... So I sent an email to our friend Mandy at Bass this morning. <clears throat> I said, Mandy, David is working on rookie podcasts. I really need to know who are the rookies coming in next year. She sent me the whole list. She said, oh, by the way, it's on the DL. It, I, it ain't out yet. I said, Mandy, I knew I loved you. Thank you. Four hours later, it comes out. So I'm free and clear, right? All good. Send an email to our friends Joe and Charity over at Major League Fishing, ask the same question. And what I'm told is, I'll see it next week. So, guys, hurry up. We're already one step ahead of you. But love you, Joe, but uh, just know, come on, send it to me. David, David's got to get these things booked, right? He's got to get them booked. Um, so we get those next week, we hope. Um, let's see. Coast to Compete and Conserve, I talked about that. Hummingbird, when I work at Hummingbird, David, you follow Beautiful place, right? Right on the lake. Come work at Hummingbird. They got jobs open. You go in there and work. Uh, great place. Check those guys out at hummingbird.com for more info there. Um, Hank Cherry gives up his open spot so someone else will have the ability to chase that Elite Series dream. How about that, KG? That's awfully nice. It is, isn't it? David, your thoughts? Well, we've seen that what there's a lot of people that have been like getting on that opens train. So even though it's just one spot, that can change someone's life. You know, depending who it is. It was. I mean, we saw what well, there's 13. Well, there's 12 guys trying to that made it this year that are trying to make a living and trying to make a name for themselves. So that one spot can mean a lot. It, yeah, agreed. I agree. So, um, all right, 40 seconds here. I won't even get into my, my random thoughts, KG. I'm going to save those for next week because they're really good. So, we'll save the random thoughts for next week. They particularly apply to David, really. That's what they do. <laughs> those but, are uh, random. Huh? <laughs> those are quite random. Well, it involves McDonald's and, and you. So, yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, but, hey, the good news of the week, Brittany's free. So, free Brittany. She's free. Way to go. Brittany Spears, you're free to move about the country. So, way to go. Guys, on behalf of uh, all of us from anglerschannel.com, um, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I mean, I couldn't be any more thankful for these two jackwads here on this show with me. I mean, every week for an hour and 45 minutes on this show. Wow, it's a long time. Um, just Incredible guys, thank y'all so much for what you guys do, not only for this show, but for EnglishChannel.com and for Alabama Bass Trail, Kenneth, and uh, more importantly, just for being a friend um, to me and keeping me on the, well, kind of in line, but uh, thank you guys for that. And you guys listen to this show. I mean, it's been a long, uh, been a long show, but it's been a fun show. And uh, for all you listeners, we do not take you for granted. Very thankful for y'all uh, being here. And um, KG, any, uh, any thoughts on on the holiday week? 
Well, you know, I, I'm thankful for you guys as well. And it's, you know, this, this time that we can spend on, you know, when we do this is probably helping others that I'm around other parts of the, you know, <laughs> other days because. So they should be thankful too. Yes. Okay. I got you. I got you. David? You know what I mean. I do. I do all too well. David? All right. So not to sound sappy or anything, but I've been trying to be more intentional in my life. So I am definitely really thankful for what you guys have done for me. Just having me be the little leech that kind of sucks the blood out of you guys every week uh, and every day. But um, no, but definitely, you know, just want to tell you guys that, you know, thank you. Love you guys. You know, I know that we don't say that we love each other and so that type of stuff, but you know. I love you too, David. We're still in a pandemic and all this other stuff, and you never know what's going to happen. So, um, but you know, I don't. I try not my best not to be, uh, uh, not to take things for granted. But thank you for everyone. Thanks for the listeners for making uh, English Channel uh, what it is too, because uh, you guys read and listen to what we do. That is so true. Thank you. you do very much, and we couldn't be uh, couldn't be any more thankful for uh, for everybody listening to this. And like I said, guys, I'm really thankful for y'all. And everything that you do. On behalf of our guest tonight, uh, Miss Christine Fisher, Midwest Fisher Gal. If you're not following her on social, look her up. Um, she's got some badass content and she's a badass kayak chick. So check her out, Midwest Fisher Girl for Mark Copley not, from Red Not just kayaks. Not just kayaks, but back of the back of the big boats too, but more more or less kayaks. But for uh, Mark Copley from Rather Outdoors, a great longtime friend of mine and uh, a wonderful partner to those of us here at Angler's Channel for both striking and lose. Uh, very thankful for those guys. Very thankful for all of our sponsors, all of our partners that we mentioned. And, you know, and it, it goes back to this too. And I'm going to say this real quick. We talked about this with sponsorships, and we talk about you know working with products you believe in, right? As a fisherman, working products you believe in. But that's the funny thing about this show too, and about Angler's Channel is. We don't just go after anybody that's out there. We we go and talk to people with products that we believe in. I mean, you listen to me and can't talk about rely on and dual pro and striking and lose and X zone and trick step. And it's we're not reading anything. This is passion. We have a passion for our partners, a passion for our sport, and a passion for conservation. And and this is a I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, I, I'm I'm talking to companies that of products that I've used for for years. And you know, when we come across products like Rely On that we knew a little bit about, but we learned more about it and we really wanted to see what we can do to help them move a needle. And now we're just we're passionate about lithium, ain't we, KG? So I mean, there's just it's it, it's, it's just it. it it shows in how we talk and what we talk about. So, and it's not just about the product either. It's it's the, the people. people. The people behind it have a lot to do with it. I yes. mean, you, you've we, obviously we had the Copley on tonight. You've talked about you know your trip to Trick Step. Uh, I mean, it's it's the the people behind the products make a big difference. A huge difference. Huge difference. You you wouldn't believe it. So, when we talk about our partners, guys, just know it because we're not trying to sell you something we're telling you how passionate we are about the product and the people and hoping that you'll learn more about it as well and understand what we're talking about so guys have a great and wonderful thanksgiving um may god bless each and every one of your families uh for christine fisher for mark copley for the ac circus i'm chris brown guys have a great week a great thanksgiving if you go fishing put that life jacket on buckle that kill switch up don't be an idiot Guys, happy Thanksgiving. KG? Don't, don't take it personal. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Angler's Channel Insider Podcast, your number one tournament resource. 